the big brain behind Yahoo Sports. Check out the big brain on bread. Rivals.com. <laughs> Why are you laughing over there? Welcome to the Trojansports.com podcast with Blair Aguo, Chris Watson, and Adam J. Maya. The, the Trojansports.com podcast. It's fun. Isn't football fun? <laughs> it's fun, Blair. That kicks off. Thank you for the landing. Right, right now. now. Right now. Welcome back to the Trojansports.com podcast. I'm Blair Angulo, West Coast recruiting analyst for Rivals.com, joined by Adam Maya, beat writer for Trojansports.com, covering everything USC, and publisher Chris Swanson, fully bearded still. He's still afraid of razors. I am. Uh, guys, uh, it's it's the off season right now, but it's heavy on recruiting. But you guys have been on campus, and there's been some throwing sessions. What stands out to you guys? Um... I think that we're going to have a pretty interesting competition at tight end. I thought you were going to say quarterback. <laughs> and then the internet was going to go wild. No. Uh, Cody Kessler will be the quarterback. But Bryce Dixon, Jalen Fitzpatrick, um, two guys with um, you know overlapping skill sets. Bryce is you know, a lift tight end, um, not going to be a full-time blocking tight end. And Jalen's trying to build up his body to become that. But they're both really athletic. And I could see either one of them, you know, competing and, and winning that job and kind of putting the other one behind him. You know, I mean, I, I like both of them. I, I don't know yet if they want to do a two tight end set and if they really want to employ that on a regular basis. So I like seeing both of them out there. What I've noticed, and I know that Blair just mentioned the the quarterback competition, the internet blowing up. I've been really impressed with Max Brown. I know that it's Uh-oh. not. Oh, well, it's not going to be a competition. Why not? Well, because that's why just not? That's why not. That's yeah. what that's that's what USC is built on is competition. So imagine if Sark comes out and says, "Oh, every spot is up for grabs." Mm-hmm. That, what that's, if it is? That's what he's going to say. Okay, that's so the, it, it is. It won't. It will be. But it's yeah. not really. I mean, it's not going to stop really? me from writing that article that says, well, like, "Oh, quarterback competition." Well, like, you watch lo- out. You, you've loved Max Brown. You've seen, yeah. you've loved what you've seen from I, him. I, I do. I think he's improved tremendously since his freshman year. His freshman year, you know, he he had that kind of a weird throwing motion. There's some stuff that I was like, oh, I'm not I'm not super sold on this guy as like a five star. Maybe you know, he's still a really good quarterback back then. But now I'm looking at him and he's for real, man. He, so he's, can you see him pushing Cody Kessler? Or was Cody just locked it down without any questions? I think Cody's locked it down. I mean, I. I think Max might be on the same kind of level as him, but Adam Maya is shaking his head over there. <laughs> Blair, you don't even like believe what you're asking. <laughs> Why not? You love Max Brown. I, I think he can be really, really good. Okay, so and Cody it, is going to come in as a Heisman front runner. Really? Yeah. A front runner? Yeah, a front runner. Adam Maya, like a group of a people. front runner for yes. the Heisman Trophy. Yes, he's going to be a Heisman front runner. He'll be one of maybe. Five to seven people that five to seven the writers are going to count as a wow okay you know, likely candidate to win the, the maybe award. But, but a front runner though that's what a front runner is if you're already in that conversation before the year all right so mean that you're the favorite so you're over here Let's telling me that <laughs> Cody Custer is a Heisman Heisman he Trophy will front be runner a Heisman front runner and Chris Swanson's over here <laughs> telling me there's a competition <laughs> there is <laughs> I'm gonna write that story in three right. months okay. man Wait, get ready Blair to your point. Um, I think Max Brown's progress does create competition and yeah. it does push Cody, forces him to be on his P's and Q's, whatever that means. And going back to my original point about Bryce Dixon, I think it's really good for both of these guys, Bryce and Jalen, to have each other. 
a year ago, Bryce came in as a true freshman, and Randall Kelfer was going to, you know, take, he, that was his position. Yeah. There was really no competition there, even though Bryce did play. He played because he was really good. And so now, I think they're both going to benefit from, like, hey, I don't have this lockdown. I don't know who's got the spot. I want it. I'm going to have to be better than... Yeah, than and Bryce was pushing Randall for, for, for snaps. Time. So right. that made him better. Yeah. And now he's going to be pushed for, for snaps, so that yeah. will make him better. Two guys that won't be getting better at USC, at least, uh, Rashid Johnson and Uchenna Nwusu. What's the latest there, guys? Well, Rashid uh, confirmed with us that he will be transferring. He's looking to go to a junior college. And, you know, it was a numbers game with him. He occupied the two deepest positions at receiver and cornerback at USC. And so it just it looked bleak whether he would play at either one. Um, I think he was a you know a talented kid that could contribute to either one. Yeah. But on this roster at this time, it you know, it didn't look good. It didn't look like he would break into any rotation at either spot. And so probably a good decision for him to make early to to move on. Um, Shenny Nwosu is another situation which we're still learning about but there was an off-field incident of some sort during the Holiday Bowl practices and so he'd been sent home uh, right before the game and was not you know was not present with the team during the game and then has not enrolled as far as you know that's what the, the last word that we got at the end of last week was that he was not enrolled and he has to be enrolled by the 30th and if he's not then you know he can't partake in in spring practice and you know his eligibility will be up in the air he he might miss the season if he's not eligible um but he could be going to a junior college um for the spring semester to maintain eligibility so a lot of questions there but um potentially big loss chris yeah those were two guys that appeared headed for Washington during the recruiting process. Rashid was committed there. Uh, Uchenna Nwusu com- uh, almost committed there to that old staff there at Washington. Steve Sarkeesian comes down, kind of recruits those guys to, to, to stay in Los Angeles. Now those guys are, are, appear to be on their way out. I mean, you know, how, how many regrets do you think these guys are having? And, and, and is it just a numbers thing with USC just stockpiling talent now and, and some of this talent has to get squeezed out? I think it's a it's another thing for Rashid. I think Uchenna still has a big role on the team if he finds his way back. They I know they're about to add a lot of linebackers and they might add a lot more in twenty sixteen, but you know, right now they kinda need linebackers. They're losing guys and, and he's really progressed well since he got to USC. He's much more physically built than he was at Narbonne when, when people were questioning is this guy maybe a safety maybe? Um so that's a huge loss. I think with Rashid, uh like Adam said, you know, he said it's not the right fit, so we don't really know specifics of why he left, but you know, you have Adore Jackson now. Seems like he's going to get a bigger role on offense. You know, Juju Smith was talking about maybe playing offense as well. Uh, the defense as well. Or, I'm sorry, defense as well. The the corner situation um, was seems like it's figured itself out. So Rasheed Johnson, it seems like his role just kind of disappeared. He, he seemed like a, a good target 
uh, back in 2014 before they figured out the cornerback spot. And, yeah. and when they had questions at receiver, who was going to be the yeah, second Yeah, he could guy. have been a guy that you fill in wherever you need it, but yeah. the, the, those problems seem to, to find themselves uh, and, resol- and find resolutions. Um, I wanted to chat really quickly just about Juju Smith because the guy looks amazing. Uh, with, I mean, what a haircut, right? He's the guy is chiseled. How how much weight has he added? Have oh, you guys talk- t- have you guys yeah. talked to him about that? I mean, the guy looks like he could play both ways. He, he has the body that could sustain it. Well, Juju actually looked like that the whole year, you know, and and that's what's most impressive is that he turned eighteen two months ago, and this is the body that he has and I think it's why people are enamored with the idea of him playing safety but um, what we're seeing with these workouts is that he hasn't taken a day off and so it isn't so much like he built up his body it's that he's maintained it where a lot of other players are going to get maybe a little bit you know puffy in certain spots in the off season Juju is treating the winter like it's fall camp and so um He's really keeping him and keeping himself in tip-top shape, and you could tell that he sees, you know, I have to be the number one receiver, and I think more than that, there was a lack of leadership. We've said this before, and it's been acknowledged by the players in the team. Sue Cravens, you know, admitted this and said that he had to kind of grow up a little bit and take on a bigger role in his capacity. Well, they just lost, you know, three juniors to to the NFL and another in George Farmer and so they need people like Juju to take on that role regardless of whether they're an upperclassman yeah Juju Smith will play a big big role in Cody Kessler winning the 2015 Heisman Trophy Blair. Uh, <laughs> Adam said it first man <laughs> front runner yeah we'll be right back front to runner. chat USC recruiting the Trojans picked up a huge commitment last week and we also saw two guys leave the recruiting class. You're listening to the Trojansports.com podcast. I'm going to find frontrunner for you during the break. Hey, it's the QB Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports podcast right here on the home for everything USC. Everything USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports podcast on Trojansports.com. Power by rivals. We're back on the Trojansports.com podcast chatting USC recruiting and Chris and Adam. USC landed a huge commitment from Osa Messina, four-star outside linebacker from Salt Lake City, Utah. Chris, I saw him in early November, and and the guy is incredible. You saw him in January out at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. What did you think of that pickup? I think it's huge. Um, I, he's a guy that, you know, he's, he's rated as a four-star right on the cusp of five. I think that might even be underrated, honestly. He, he's amazing. Uh, the huge need for them, you know, Everybody's talking about these linebackers that they, that they could get, this class that they could get at linebacker. Well, they have two right now. So they really needed, you know, to add to Cameron yeah, Smith. Yeah, Cameron Smith was the other. Yeah. Um, Where does he fit in, in, in the defense, Adam? Well, they need linebackers as a whole. Uh, I believe that, you know, Stuart Craven still could play safety. And maybe in an ideal world for USC, he would. Um, but he was, you know, forced to come down. And so if they can stockpile some linebackers here, that can play early, I think it goes a long way in putting everybody in a, in a spot where they're best. And so I look at him, I look at you know a John Houston and a Port Augustine, and you know they're they're all going to be true freshmen. But 
you know, that that's kind of what what Carroll built, where he would bring in these big linebacker classes, and within you know maybe a year or two of those guys coming in, these guys were all conference and all American players, and so, but you know you need that depth. To, to bring that out right, and it's a victory on three different levels because not only are you adding Anosa Messina, but you're keeping him away from UCLA. You're keeping him away from ASU, and, and and now you can use him to beat those guys. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. You know, whenever you you compete with your your conference rivals, for these yeah, top recruiting players, battles are, yeah. are big. And if you win those head to head battles, you know, often than not, you're going to win those head to head head battles uh, on the field as well. Those are two programs that they lost to last fall. Mm-hmm. They, they've been getting USC huge issues. In they've the lost last, to those two programs yeah. last two years. So, I mean, but, you know, yeah. to be able to beat them on the recruiting trails speaks volumes to what this staff is able to do on the recruiting trail. Two guys that, that are no longer a part of this recruiting class, Tayon Mason and Tristan Payton, the receiver from Florida. Tayon uh, actually committed now to Washington State, and Tristan Payton has committed to UCF, who uh, the school that he officially visited this past weekend. These are two guys that have been rumored to be looking elsewhere. They had not officially visit USC yet um, but I think the numbers are now just becoming clearer and clearer with this class yeah it it happens in recruiting where you know you kind of stockpile guys early and then you see what happens the evaluation process doesn't end you know it continues even when you have commits and I think USC just just thought that they had some big bigger priorities going forward yeah I think it's a sign that USC believes they're going to get you know these other big names that we're all aware of that they've wanted to get, that have been question marks. Let's get into those big names. Okay. Iman Biggie Marshall officially visited LSU, has one official visit remaining to Oregon this coming weekend before National Signing Day, February 4th. And he's, I mean, apparently going to unofficially visit USC, unofficially visit UCLA, because he's always said that throughout the recruiting process this coming week uh, before he gets out to, to Oregon. Uh, he's visited Michigan, he's visited Notre Dame, he's visited Florida State. So now it's coming down to the wire for, for Biggie Marshall. And, and uh, I think, I, I, I keep hearing USC still a team to beat. They are. I mean, you, you have to think that he's a five-star guy in their backyard. They don't usually lose on those kids. You know, kids usually stay close to home. So that's that's pretty much the only reason you would think that because he and his father have been, you know, really good at, at making sure there are no favorites in, in at least in their quotes and what they're saying about schools. Another guy that USC is in with right now is Porter Gustin. He officially visited during the big recruiting weekend of January 16th. He officially visited Arizona State this past weekend. He's going to officially visit Utah, which is nearby, his home in Utah, and then he's going to go out to Ohio State. You mentioned his name earlier, Porter Gustin, uh, a big guy for this class because adds another linebacker and, 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 and it's kind of a position where it's a little fluid. He adds versatility. He can be a rush end and also play inside. Yeah, I, I wonder if whether they get him or not will determine if they stick with this um, this 3-4 because I don't know that they have a rush end on the roster outside of him. They have some people that might be able to play it. And you know, even with Gustin, it's not for sure that he would play that position. But he could be like a, a swing recruit where it would actually change the complexion of the defense alignment. Yeah, yeah. and for everything on Porter Gustin, you can log on to Rivals.com and Trojansports.com. A guy that was on campus in Tempe with him this past weekend was Rasheem Green, a guy that we've tracked here, Chris, for the last few years in Southern California. And everything still 
points to USC being the leader with him. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing that we say with Biggie Marshall. You know, he's a local five star. USC doesn't miss on those guys. He's at Sarah. USC has gone to everybody that they've offered and kept recruiting after an offer from Sarah. You know, so there's just some uh, some signs there that point to USC. But it, once again, he's not saying USC is his favorite. He loves Miami. You know, uh, he's he's talked about them a lot. He, I think he really likes Arizona State too. So we'll see what happens. But gun to my head, I'm picking USC. So. And his teammate at guard. Your head. <laughs> there is Adams holding. <laughs> Hold a razor to his face, <laughs> yeah, and then he'll then you'll really get the answers. <laughs> you'll get lies, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Rasheem Green's teammate at Gardena Sarah John Houston, five five star outside linebacker, has a top five. ASU is one of those schools. USC is one of those schools. USC was his last official visit. Um, just Adam, you know the team more or, or better than anyone here in this room. Where would he fit in that linebacker system? Well, uh, he would probably uh, be on the inside. And I guess I want to get into the recruiting element of it because when we're talking about Green and Houston and Biggie, it's kind of interesting that these guys have been considered USC leans for a long time. And now they're kind of maximizing the whole recruiting process. And you almost wonder if, are they having second thoughts or are they just, you know, I guess there's do, doing their due diligence. There's an L.A. element to all this, I think. Is it, I, I, hey, I want to find out if there's one other school that's better than the one I'm already going to go to. Probably, but I know that a lot of these Southern California recruits love to drag out the process. I think it's the Hollywood mentality. I mean, they're, okay. la- they're laid back to begin with, and they get these offers late. And also, you know, you're, you're a kid in Southern California. The two nearby schools are UCLA and USC. And then you have to take a five-hour drive somewhere. You have to go up to the Bay or take a flight or, you know, go out to Phoenix or go out to Colorado or Nevada or Oregon or Washington. So you only have these two local options. And then you you really do have to just sit back and wait until you can take those visits to those other schools and then make your decision. And these guys, more often than not, wait and wait and wait and wait. And, and that's why USC fans are usually kind of sitting on, on pins and needles. Or what did you say earlier? P's and Q's? What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about front runners? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but I think that, I think you have a, a good point there. I think geographical location kind of plays into it because you know, in the South, you can drive to any of these schools. You can be in Georgia and drive to Auburn. It's yeah. not a big deal. But you know, out here, it, it, you can do it. It's just a little or bit tougher. Even, yeah, even if you're in Al- you're, you know you're a kid from Atlanta, you you want to go out to Alabama, but you make a stop in Mississippi. You make a yeah. stop, and then you go to LSU if you're if you're there, and then you go up to Tennessee, and then you can go down to Florida, and you know it's it's all kind of the same. And and the, and uh, with kids here in Southern California during the off season, so many of the tournaments, so much of the passing down or the pass the the passing tournaments, seven on seven stuff is all here in Southern California. So those kids don't even get out of town most of the time uh, in the summer. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic, and we're always seeing USC recruits kind of take it down to the wire. Maybe that maybe that's why. Who knows? A moment ago, I mentioned Houston, and I meant to say outside. I said inside linebacker. I meant outside linebacker. But the thing with any high school kid is that, you know, you don't know until they get in that weight room and how the, the coaching staff is even going to – or the training staff is even going to build them, you know. Uh, Cameron Smith is the one guy that is very physically mature and you can kind of peg him as an inside linebacker. But with Houston, I like, you know, he's tall, he's six foot three. And so I think with a kid with that frame, really has a little bit of flexibility and can end up in or out. One guy that they've made a late run on is Kevin Scott 
from Bishop's Elysian here in Los Angeles. And Adam, you spoke to one of his teammates. What's the latest there? Well, I, Scott doesn't know yet. You know, I, I think um, there is a, a, a good chance here that he can end up at USC. Um, it goes a long way to get that offer and to be down the street from the school. And so um, I thought it was very interesting to see another commit, you know, talk about a blue shirt. And I think that's a direct link to Kevin Scott and the staff believing that, that he's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he did tell Adam Gorney, though, that he really likes Miami. So we'll see where things go with that. I think he's going to USC, though, at the end of the day. And like he said, the whole Clay Johnston situation kind of makes it seem like USC knows where they're going with this class and they know who's coming. All right, so we know kind of the, the guys that are still up for grabs. Let's Let's break it down a little bit position by position, what the class is looking like with a, about a week to go until National Signing Day. At quarterback, you've got Ricky Town already on campus, mid-year enrollee, and Sam Darnold. Uh, what's your assessment, Chris, of just what they did at that position in this class? Well, you know, they got two guys. Um, they're really loading up and, and creating some depth there and some competition going on in the future. They got two different guys, too. I think Ricky's more of a, a drop back, you know, pro style kind of passer like USC fans have been used to in the last few years I think Sam Darnold gives them a little bit something different you know he can move a little bit maybe they can run some read option stuff with him who knows so I think that at that position you know different different types of guys and some competition at running back they have commitments from Ronald Jones the second Cedric Ware of Texas and Dominic Davis Davis the local all-purpose back Adam at running back they lose Buck Allen but which which of those guys do you think fits you know maybe a need that they need uh, this next fall Ronald Jones looks like a guy that you know if any of the three are going to play right away I think it would be him um can I ask you about Cedric Ware we don't pronounce uh, Aka I think uh his dad calls him Cedric so okay I think that's good. what we're gonna know from, from <laughs> good uh, now I can call him Cedric. I'm gonna go with what his dad's been telling me yeah. so I'm going to go with you. All right. And at receiver, two junior college prospects, Daquan Hampton of Long Beach City College and Isaac Whitney of Riverside City College. You saw both of them, Chris, this year. Which one do you like more? Which one fits that offense better? And who do you expect to make a bigger splash this fall? I don't know who I expect. I think that they're both pretty equal uh, from the game that I saw. Raise, I saw razor to your face. Who? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I saw them play against each other, and Daquan Hampton had the bigger catch, made the the bigger impact. But but when he's there early, yeah, Whitney's already on campus, so I, I think that kind of gives him an advantage. Um, I don't know. I think that they both could have a role. I think Daquan Hampton could have that role of, of the tall receiver that they're throwing fades to in the you know in the red zone. They haven't had that kind of guy in the last few years, so I could definitely see him making some kind of an impact. I think they're both going to play. They're both going to play. Yeah. Yeah. And at tight end, they have a commitment from Tyler Petit, who flipped from Duke. And they're also still chasing Tyrone Wheatley Jr. from across the country in Buffalo. His father, obviously, Tyrone Wheatley. And he's now an assistant with the Michigan staff. So we'll see what goes there. He's still kind of got some visits left to take. I think he's going up to Oregon for National Signing Day. But I know that Marcus Tuiasosopo was was in home out in Buffalo, braving that cold weather, to visit with Wheatley last week. So, you know, they want to add that second tight end. And, you know, it just it's just a matter of where will, where will he fit. Um, in the offensive line, Chuma Doga and Roy Hemsley already on campus. Cole Smith is uh, another commitment, and Clayton Johnson, like you mentioned, is is a what a blue shirt candidate. Can you explain that to us now, Adam Maya? Okay, well, he's the uh, he's, he's the guy here on the podcast that has all the answers. 
Okay, a blue shirt essentially will mean that he'll walk on the team. And it's kind of a wink-wink agreement between the staff and the a player. A wink-wink, nudge-nudge. <laughs> Where he'll he'll walk on, and then after he arrives, and he has to, um, yeah, after he arrives, he can be offered a scholarship once they've begun practice. Fall camp. Yeah, fall camp, fall practice. And he can be put on scholarship, and because he's been put on after they've begun their season, so to speak, then he'll count toward the 2016 class. Now, the I guess the cons of this for a prospect would be that um, they're coming in the fall rather than in summer when everyone else is. And so they're a little bit behind the eight ball in, in, that, uh, in that form. Uh, moreover, they are having to pay their own way if they did want to come in during the summer, which, you know, USC is no easy bill. And so... They're, they have this pressure where they don't have a scholarship um, off, off signing day and the 24 other guys do and you don't know that you're as much of a priority because you've kind of been cast aside. Right. You've been delayed. Yeah, why not any of the other 24 guys? Why are they not blue shirt candidates? Right. Um, and a thing that also might be overlooked a little bit here is that he's going to have to be playing catch-up for you know for a year at least. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's here late. He's doing kind of his own thing. And then fall camp, you have to kind of catch up and you're not really, you know, part of the team or whatever. So it, it's, it's one of those things where he's going to have to be chasing it for for a while. It, it made a lot of sense for Borminster in that he's a kicker, yeah, and so that kick- job would be his. Right. There wasn't it wasn't really about competition. Yeah, there was, uh, I guess, an understanding that you know we we're, we're bringing you in as a kicker and because you're going to be our guy, right? Eventually, the thing with Clayton though, they look to have maybe 15 scholarship linemen, so he was very very likely to redshirt anyway, and so. If he's put on scholarship, you know, a day after the first day of fall camp, I don't know that it's a huge deal for him because he probably would be redshirting anyway, which would make him a purple shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just think that it, man. All right. So on the defensive line, Jacob Daniel, Noah Jefferson, and Christian Rector. You saw Jacob Daniel at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl practice. I saw Noah Jefferson at the Semper Fidelis All-American Bowl practice. I saw practices. Rector, too. Yeah, right, right. And you saw Rector at U.S. Army. Those are all three guys that were in All-American games, and I think they give USC a good mix of, of talent. Daniel's kind of a big body. Jefferson's a big athletic body, and Rector's more of a pass rusher that can also you know play some, play some outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rector's a little versatile. Uh, seeing both... Daniel and Rector at the Army Bowl, they both impressed me, uh, honestly. I had heard that, that Daniel was more of just kind of like a big body kind of guy that, that needed a lot of work. At the Army Bowl, I thought he was really impressive. He didn't look like that type of guy. He looked like a guy that could, that could play right away. Um, and Rector, to me, has put on some weight, some size. Uh, when he was first being recruited to me, kind of, he didn't look like the typical outside linebacking you know rusher kind of guy that usc would go after and he does now he's a little bit bigger so i i you know have some hope for him i think he's shown a lot too uh at laloya uh, pass rushing specialist kind of guy so you know yeah. Yeah, there's some hope for him and at linebacker we mentioned osa masita and cameron smith i think osa might be my favorite recruit in this class he's just i think he's special and at defensive back uh, Keely ross marvell tell isaiah langley with the possibility still, obviously, of Iman Biggie Marshall. So that's a, that's a 
a pretty pretty good class, and I think it's going to end up definitely top three in the Rivals.com team rankings, possibly number one, leapfrogging Florida State and Alabama. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it could happen. I think. I think mathematically, it could still possibly happen. But it's gonna get. It's gonna be interesting and close towards the end. Huh? Yeah. So Biggie Marshall announcing on February fourth, National Signing Day. Rasheem Green also announcing with John Houston on February fourth. Porter Gustin will announce possibly Monday or Tuesday of of National Signing Day week after he gets back to Utah from his Ohio State visit, and uh, it should be a. a an interesting couple days for USC fans, but I, I think they should expect some very, very good news. Yep. Kevin Scott's on signing day, too, I believe. And, uh, we, you know, it's worth mentioning J.J. Wilson, even though he told you what he told you. Check the boards. Check yeah. Wartime Weekly, guys. Yeah, Wartime Weekly had, uh, had a little scoop there uh, of what J.J. Wilson thought of uh, the, his blue shirt offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but he did tell uh, Devin over the, the weekend that, you know, he's considering USC and, and he'll choose before signing day at some point around. Yeah, this. we've so got to so have Devin, we've gotta have Devin uh, on, on this podcast. He's yeah, got we'll get him on. Maybe a little Somewhere. basketball. Uh, I'm not sure. There's how. so much to look forward to with that team right now. <laughs> All right. So... so do you think that with the blue shirt, you know, I want to ask you, Blair, that um, with a California kid who, you know, can't have an in-home visit and can't have an official visit with school, do you think that maybe they are a little bit more inclined to blue shirt than someone across the country with USC? Absolutely. Well, they, you know, they, they're maybe enamored with this idea of going to USC and mm-hmm. they've always wanted to go. So that's why they can sacrifice maybe um, that experience or, or coming in as a regular scholarship guy. So absolutely, it helps USC and they, and they know that. They're playing to that to that advantage. They know that that kids will do a lot and, and you know, they'll do a lot of the stuff that uh, out-of-state kids wouldn't do to go to USC. So, And they're being smart about it. The staff knows that, you know, they, they're, they're maybe targeting the right candidates for that so and they're doing it uh in terms of just getting guys that they need as well so it fits both ways so i think that'll do uh that'll do it for our recruiting portion of this podcast thanks for listening and tune in next week here on the trojansports.com podcast thanks for listening to this week's trojansports.com podcast your one-stop shopping for everything trojan sports recaps previews the best in recruiting, and some fun and frivolity with the boys. Follow the guys on Twitter at Bangulo, at Chris B. Swanson, and at Adam J. Maya. We'll see you next week on the TrojanSports.com podcast.